My name is Shirlene Wilson and I haven't had sex for 10 years. I've had, you know, opportunities, men being blatant, like, hey, I want to give you children. I'm like, no, you can keep your sperm, thank you, bro. Like, you can keep that. My relationship with sex is complicated. At nine, I was molested by someone in my family who believed that in order to be initiated into a gang, he needed to have sex with someone. Thank God he didn't know what he was doing or I definitely would have lost my virginity at nine. At 14 years old, I had started going to church. I was the only person in my family going to church at that time. So in attending church, um, there was a guy there who was older than me. And as time went on, in hindsight, I was being groomed and then I was subsequently raped by him as a result of that. I tried to address the situation and I really wasn't being listened to at all. Like I had no voice really. So I ended up leaving the church and I went into a gang. And being in the gang for me, it helped me to feel safe because, you know, my, my relative was in the gang and, of course, nobody's going to go and try and mess with someone's relative because there's that pact of loyalty amongst the people. So I stepped into the whole gang life to feel safe, to feel protected, but also it was kind of a way to feel acceptance because that kind of was taken away because, you know, I wasn't at church anymore and, like, a sense of belonging wasn't there anymore. So I, you know, I just felt I needed to find that somewhere. While I was in the gang, I just really wasn't interested in school. So I left school and became just involved in gang life crime. I got arrested at 15 and I left school with one grade. Now, in the middle of all of this, I'm sleeping with multiple people. And I didn't realize then like what was really going on. But I had this void which was saying, you know, you need to have sex in order to feel love. Because back when I was 14, I was taught that love looked like sex. So, you know, that's what I was going to do. At 16 years old, one of the guys in the gang went to jail for murder and things just got really, really serious really quickly. And the whole gang lifestyle, it just broke down because people were on remand and faces were shown on TV and newspapers and all that kind of stuff. But again, there was a sense of loss because now these people have gone and I was just trying to get on with life and ended up going to college and getting the right grades and going on to university but in the middle of all of this, there's this kind of need for belonging. There's this need for love and just being a really confused teenager who was dealing with depression and just not really knowing who I am. And my value at the same time going down because here I am, you know, like at one point I had sex with two guys on the same day. And I'd love to tell you that, well, you know, like that was really shameful, embarrassing. But at the time, I really didn't care. Like I actually enjoyed it because for me, it was, I mean, physically, of course, I'm going to enjoy that. And secondly, it was a case of, well, I'm getting a need met. So here we go. This is what I'm going to be doing. And it got to a point where, you know, I had like a friend with benefits. Like for me, I was just like, listen, if you can handle quote unquote service in me when I need my service in, then we're good. 
just know there's going to be no love here. I'm never going to fall for you. It's not going to happen. So don't be coming here with no speeches about, you know, I'm in love with you because I'm not going to want to hear that. Um, So I gave him a heads up from the top. But I didn't care because for me, it was about getting that need met. And, you know, I felt that my value, although my need was getting met, there was this tension between the two. Like I need this need met, but I know that I shouldn't be doing this because as a person of faith, I'm expected to live a particular life. And as a result of that, I began to just feel this hollowness and sadness and depression. And I don't like myself. I don't love myself. I'm a horrible person. I'm, you know, using people for things. And how how am I actually doing this? And one day I realized, you know, I can't continue to do this anymore because I'm tired of the condoms bursting and now I need to go to the family planning clinic because I could be pregnant. And oh crap, pregnant for this like guy that I just really don't really like anyway. I mean, I just like his bits, you know, like I don't want this dude to be like the father of my children and I'm definitely not going to have an abortion. So this, I'm going to be just stuck. There's all of these things that just go through the mind, right? I realized I've got to stop this and I made a decision to just stop mainly because I felt like I really need to uphold this value that the Bible says but I then found myself being in church and still having sex. I remember there was this one occasion I went to church, hadn't been for a long time and this elder lady of the church was just like, oh, where where have you been? And I'm like, I've I've been at home having sex with my boyfriend because I'm always just going to be honest. And she was like, no, don't say that. You know, let me pray for you. I said, oh, please, please don't pray for me because I'm going to go home and have sex with my boyfriend again because I really just didn't have much value or, you know, the fear of God at that time. But as time went on, I realized that this is going to be harming me. It's not going to be the way that I need to live. When I began to think about marriage and wanting to have a husband, I started to think about, like, how am I, the way that I'm carrying myself, like I'm sleeping with multiple people, like, God forbid, you know, I've got an STD or STI. That's something that I'm I'm having to manage. And what am I going to be telling this potential boyfriend, hey, by the way, I've got this. And it was just becoming more and more concerning to me, knowing that I want to be a wife and I want to be a good wife to a man. But also understanding that this way that I'm living could actually be pushing me further and further away from him. And that's my reason. I realised the more and more I engaged in sex with multiple people, feeling devalued and devaluing myself, I was pushing my husband further and further away from me. I actually remember when that happened, like when I had that realisation and knowing that like my heart's desire is like I actually want to get married, like I want to be, you know, a wife, I want to be a mom, I want I want to experience all of that, like commitment, you know, I want to experience love in a way that I've never experienced it before, you know, because I don't have any shame, like I've never ever been in love before, at least I don't know that I have been in how I understand love to be, so... You know, knowing that that's a heart's desire.
So we have to start looking at what is our why? Why are we choosing to be celibate? Not just because of faith, but what's the bigger picture? As people who really want to live a celibate lifestyle, we have to think about a bigger reason than it just being God. I understood that. This is what my faith requires of me. However, I was still having sex while I was at church. I remember having sex outside the church building and I didn't have any shame about that. And I'm not saying it's right at all. I'm not saying, okay, well, go and have sex outside your church. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that I, I hadn't had value for or the fear of God enough that would make me want to abstain from that. When I think about my husband, like king status now, not not boyfriend status, this is the man of my dreams, the guy that I've been praying for, the man that's going to be the father of my children, the man who I'm building with for the rest of our lives. This is like the guy, right? When I think about him, it's like what's going to make, what, what really is going to make the relationship different than what I've experienced in my life before? I know what sex is. I've had enough experiences with sex to know what that's like and feeling, you know, like, oh, I've gone and done this again. Like, oh, I can't believe this. I I know what that life is like. I know it. But when I think about, okay, like, what is going to make the difference in this relationship with this man of my dreams? I've been in situations where, you know, guys would try it. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Because my vision for my husband is so much greater than a temporary fix because I've got a need. You know, when I think about him, I'm like, I want to give you something of worth. I don't know how far you're coming from. I mean, but at this point, he's taking forever though, let's be real. Like, but you've been, you've been journeying a long, long way. And I want you to have a reward which is me, of course. Oh, hey. And when I think about it in terms of intimacy, like I remember there was this one time I had this massive freak out. Oh my God. Like, look, sex is important to me. Okay. Like for real, for real, massively important. And I remember this one day, I just had this hyperventilation moment, like where I'm just like, oh my God, does, does that mean that, you know, I, I can't do all of the things that I'm used to doing? Like, does, does that mean like, what so are we saying that like you know going down is cool like what are we saying is it not like am I going to just be about missionary position all my life because now this is marriage right like can I be adventurous let's talk about going to parks and all kinds of crazy places and you know all am I actually allowed to do all of that and I remember flipping out and the person who I was speaking to she settled me and then she said look what I want you to do is I want you to write down a list And in this list, you're going to write down all of the things that you want when you're intimate with your husband. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a bit much. But I sat down and did the task. Now, I'm not talking about imagining positions and things like that. That's not what we're talking about. But what is it that you actually want to feel? So for me, like I actually, I don't know, like it blows my mind to think that that I can actually be fully vulnerable with somebody, fully present, fully giving myself to them. There's no guilt, there's no shame, 
there's no kind of like, well, I'm not too sure about this. There's commitment, there's love, there's transparency, there's all of those things. Like when I think about all of that, like I'm like, that that seems like a really, really, really strong reason for me to not be giving myself and to be okay with being celibate. But I have needs. On one hand, you've got this vision, but at the same time, your bits are twitching and like, what do you do? Like you're on heat. <laughs> like you're on heat. What, what, actually, what do you do? You know, okay, shells, like you have this need. This is how you're going to get met. So sometimes I go salsa. Typically when I'm on heat, I'll be at salsa because that's just the way that I can just burn that energy. And having needs doesn't mean that we're needy. Okay, our needs are something which is just primary in the way that human beings function. So, you know, there's Maslow who talks about a hierarchy of needs. And in that, the most poignant one for the purpose of this podcast is belongingness and love. Like everybody needs that. Everybody needs to feel connection. So we have to remember that our needs are there, that we shouldn't ignore them, but we need to find a healthy way to get them met because if we don't, Consciously or subconsciously, we will find a way for us to get those needs met. Everybody needs belonging and love. It's just that simple. So what are your reasons? What is going to keep you focused? Like, What is that thing? And what values can help you to establish them? What are those fundamental things that you build your life upon? And core values are values that answer questions before they've been asked. You know, if a guy is like saying, hey, like come over to my house at midnight. Listen, we know nothing godly is happening after midnight in a man's house. No, it's it's just not. Let's, Let's just keep it 100. So if somebody is saying, come over, you already know your core value has already answered that as a no. So what are your core values that's going to answer those questions before they've been asked? I wrote out a why statement. The reason why I'm choosing to live a celibate lifestyle is because, and just dream with that, just be as wild as you possibly can. The reason why I'm choosing this lifestyle is because. So for me, One of my whys is I want to present myself as a gift to my husband on my wedding night to give him something that, of course, he hasn't had before from me. And that's what this podcast is about. Me sharing my life's experiences. Ten years of abstaining when I was a borderline sex addict. Yeah, I'm not... Just keep on rolling, guys, but I feel like I'm getting really emotional, so... um, it's cool. Like, um, like my, my genuine, like my heart's desire for, for people who are struggling is to know that there's freedom um, from the challenge, that there's freedom from, you know, that there is actually life after, you know, sexual abuse, that there is, you know, a way that you can, um, that you can really... Um, embrace purity even though you may feel like this is impossible you know I want people to know like it is actually possible because I'm living it you know I'm I'm actually living this lifestyle and you can never have told me 
11 years ago that I would have abstained for so long. Like, it, you just, there's no way. Um, so I just really hope that this podcast is a place of hope. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Okay. I really want people who are struggling in in this area to just know that there's hope and and that lives that your life can actually change. The other reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want people to know that they're valued and that they can increase their value and that we don't need to devalue ourselves by our actions and yeah that we are individuals who are lovable and um, worthy of pursuit and worthy of belonging and that we don't need to give ourselves away to feel love and we don't need to give ourselves away to feel that we're someone you know and and if you're re and if you're listening to the podcast and you're feeling those ways you know like I get that and I understand it but what I do know is that that positive change can happen and living in freedom is absolutely possible from the torment of giving yourself away and then feeling empty, giving yourself away and feeling devalued, you know? <clears throat> and I get that. <clears throat>